Welcome to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another great day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Today's guest will blow your mind. I mean, I would describe him as mysterious, fascinating, magical, and strange in a good way. He has been featured on television, radio, podcasts, magazines, newspapers, and you will constantly hear people around him saying, oh my God, or what the, or that is so freaking freaky. He's America's greatest mind reader, Joe Diamond. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Karen. It makes me sound like I know what I'm doing, which which <laughs> makes me feel nice and confident and and, and good. I'm, I'm excited for this. Well, in writing that, I was I have come to the conclusion that describing what you do, it, it's not really easy to describe. So yeah, that's I would a little like by to hear design. it from your right. So why don't you describe what you do and see if you you probably can do it better than I can. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I've made my living uh, for the last fifteen years uh, as an entertainer. I do shows at house parties and corporate events and stages and and even over Zoom. And you know, some call me a mind reader. Some call me a a mentalist or a magician or a psychic. Uh, I make the joke in my shows that I'm not a medium. I'm a large, and I pat my belly, and that always <laughs> kind of breaks the ice. Uh, and yeah, and basically, you know, during my show, the way I kind of describe it for people who who have no idea what I'm talking about is, if you go and see a magician, they're gonna pull like rabbits out of hats. Except when you come see me, uh, I'm gonna pull thoughts out of your mind, and that's pretty much what I make a living doing. And it's fun. I don't, you know, I. I don't go super, you know, I mean, I think, I think what I do is spooky. I try not to be creepy or a creep. Uh, I very much, someone often, people often say, you know, wow, you, you just look like a normal guy who do all these no unnormal things. And I kind of, I kind of like that. I like to think of myself as kind of a metaphysical James Corden in that way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, and I've, I've been performing in Lake Geneva for as, as long as I can remember. I grew up in the area. I live right down the road and it's, it's a great place to kind of, uh, you know, connect with people. And, and also it has a, has a pretty interesting history. Some of my mentors have, uh, been through the area and done shows there even before I was born. So I think it's just kind of a without sounding corny and too cheesy it's just kind of a magical place and i think it's a it's a good fit for uh for what i do well i know i've seen that you have been at the maxwell mansion and i always yes. seem to just miss you and i was <laughs> I, i've been so intrigued and so I'm a little like one of the ghosts I, I'm, yeah exactly uh, so I got to attend one of your shows virtually. And so how many people total were there? It was hard to tell on my screen. It was a nice sized group, like a yeah, nice, yeah. Smaller... It's um any it can be anywhere from uh I think the night you you were there, we were somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 screens. I I'm in the middle of a run right now, so I'd have to really go back and, and double check. But what's what's fun about Zoom is I get to perform for people like you right down the road. But there were people in the show from Las Vegas, from Canada, uh, you know, all over the place. And that's been kind of fun since uh early 2020. 
uh, doing these these virtual shows because I get to connect with people who would have never seen me otherwise. I've done it for events like uh, or companies such as uh, LinkedIn for a couple of their company events. Uh, I got to perform for uh, a company that's a vineyard in uh, Napa Valley. That one I wish I could have gone to in person. I'll admit that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's hope, fingers crossed uh, for, for in person down the line. But there's and I did some uh, some work for uh, for a podcast in India. Uh, they saw the show and I got to read minds of the minds of people in India without having to leave my house. It was, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty fun. And I, I do like now that we're at a place where virtual is part of what I'm doing and not the only thing I'm doing. But I've always kind of been that way. Like like at the Maxwell, I'm there at least once a month. I've been there since I want to say 2018. I've been I've been performing there. That sounds about right. 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. Uh, it's 2021 when we're re- or 2022 when we're recording this. Oh my God, what is time? Uh, yeah, who knows? What is time? <laughs> uh, so well, it was neat because a few of the people that were on in the show virtually um, have connected with me over Facebook too. You had like a, a paranormal person, yeah. like you had some yeah. other people that were, yeah. I don't want to say in the exact same field as you, but related, oh, sure. right? It, it was an interesting Venn diagram. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, there's people I've done a lot with like, um, because I work in a lot of haunted locations, uh, such as the Maxwell Mansion. Uh, I do know a lot of people in the paranormal community. Uh, there was a... Uh, psychology uh, professor and teacher in the in the audience that I'm good friends with he's also from the area and again there was a magician from Las Vegas and a woman who read palms and a uh, woman who had all these books on aliens and UFOs so I definitely it was and and you know it's interesting to see the the Venn diagram of the different people I I perform for because usually again like when I'm performing just for example, at the Maxwell, you know, I'm performing for a certain clientele, people who come to Lake Geneva and, and you know, are visiting or have a house there or whatever. And with Zoom, it's just a, a total mixture. There's not going to be hardly any uh, consistency between the people. And that's kind, that's kind of fun. You know, you never know. And you also get to see uh, pets and such. Uh, people bring their pets on screen. That's oh, yeah. Fun. I had mine yeah. make a guest appearance. Yeah. There's made, made a guest <laughs> appearance. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know I, you know, obviously I don't want to give away everything that's in the show, but can you give us a few tidbits of things that you do so people can kind of wrap their head around what they're going to experience? Uh, sure. In fact, uh, I, um, I know I'm kind of springing this on you. I'll leave a quick uh, break in here in case you want to uh, shift this around or move it someplace else uh, once we're done recording. But if your uh, uh, listeners want to grab 10 cards, I can actually perform something from the show for them on the podcast. Uh, oh, neat. That thing with the, that you saw with the with the magician card. So Very uh, if cool. the listeners want to grab 10 cards, we'll give them a chance to do that and we can uh, finish our recording with that. So that way, you know, they can still walk the dog or drive anywhere and then, you know, get their 10 cards when they're ready and, and follow along by the end. I think that's a, a good, uh, a good way to, to do that. Cause again, it is somewhat easier to, uh, show people rather than to tell them in some ways, but also, uh, from another re- regard, like trying to explain to people what I do in person is already pretty challenging because there's some people who just hear, 
uh, you know, psychic, and they think I'm going to, like, talk to their dead relatives. They say, they hear a mind reader, and they go, what am I thinking right now? And it, it clearly does not work that way. It's, it's like all forms of communication. It's, it's two ways. And it's, uh, it's the way, the analogy I kind of describe for it is if you're on the phone with someone and the call drops and you both try and call each other at the same time, no connection is made. And if you both sit around waiting for the other person to call, no connection is made. You need one person to make the call and the other person needs to pick it up. And when someone just goes, you know, what am I thinking right now? That's the equivalent of not picking up the phone or purposefully giving a wrong phone number. Uh, that's kind of the best way I can get describe that. That said, in the show uh, that's uh, that's currently running, that's virtual, we just uh, we start off with some mind reading. And we have a lot of stuff that involves the entire audience. Some things that have to do with psychology. Some things that have to do with. Um, suggestion and the powers of the mind if anyone uh, listening has any background in using pendulums either for metaphysical purposes or uh, finding out if the walls in their house are straight or finding out the gender of a child before it's born we do that for a for a fun and uh, you know, kind of very, very spooky, but very light uh, seance kind of thing. And some spooky things happen in that. And then at the end, we do a fun uh, ritual with cards that allows everyone to uh, awaken the magician and the mystic inside of them. And that involves uh, 10 playing cards and the uh, the magician tarot card. And again, if listeners want to grab uh, 10 cards, they can uh, they can play along with that towards the end of the show. And then in person, it's it's almost... It's almost the same. Uh, there's there's obviously differences performing virtually and performing in person. Uh, in person, like just for example, I, I do a lot of house parties. So the way that'll work is I'll, I'll come to someone's home and I'll set up in a living room or sitting at the dining room table and everyone will kind of gather around. And, you know, I'll kind of just go through, uh, you know, interacting with everyone, doing uh, everything from, you know, having them think of playing cards to having the host go and grab a book and, and do something where they, they pick a word out of the book. And I try to theme all my shows around a different uh, connective thread or a, a, a literal theme sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's uh, the, like there was one show I did for years down at the Dole Mansion in Crystal Lake, Illinois, called The 13th Hour. And I may bring this back in the future. It's been a few years since I've done it. But the theme of that show was all time-based. So rather than doing mind reading as mind reading, I said, well, wait, what if you could go into the future, see what happens, and come back to make a prediction? And then I would predict something someone was about to do. Or say, imagine you can go into the past and you can tell me this name before the show. And then I would reveal them the name that, that they were thinking of. But it was framed around this idea of, of time travel. So I have a lot of different ways of framing my work and showing it. And I've noticed that a lot of people uh, appreciate that. Because, I mean, I grew up watching shows like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock Presents and The Twilight Zone. So I wanted my shows to kind of feel that like that. Like if you're going to a historical and likely haunted mansion to see a mind reader, you're already in a real life Twilight Zone episode. So it's just like my job as an artist is to think, okay, well, what happens next? What's what's the next part of that story? Well, it's bizarre because like, you know, with me, you had me think of, and again, I, I won't give the whole thing away, but you had me kind of think of this whole scenario and the details of it and everything. And and then you pretty much told me exactly yeah. <laughs> what I yeah. was thinking. It was so bizarre because 
you know, there's nothing like you can't cheat. There's nothing you're hiding, no, you no, know, under the desk there. Like, it's like you, you yeah. got into my head and perfectly described the picture that I had created. And I'm like, there's yeah. no way. How did you do that? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and that's, and, and that's, that's the fun of it. That's something that not a lot, even though I incorporate, like I said, you know, other art forms from, you know, story writing and, and building a theme and all that but it's something that my art form is unique which is it gives you a direct experience with mystery i've i've been i'm a little bit of a of a movie buff and i've been on a, a big horror movie kick the last few years and there's a lot of you know like like every kind of art form there's there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of good but there seems to be an, an extra large amount of bad with uh, with horror movies <laughs> and and there and it's similar with um with my line of work there's if you, there's there's hypnotists there's magicians there's mind readers mentalists and when I, when mystery entertainment when it is not good it's it's especially not good <laughs> and and i and and i'm you know I, I, i'll say i'll be the first to admit i've had many uh, a terrible shows i've been in show business my whole life I, i've i've done bad shows so I'm, I'm not talking of like oh everyone is awful and like trust me i've had it, i anyone i could talk about having a bad show i promise i've had a worse one so <laughs> i'm so i'm not I'm, I'm not speaking out of school here but i think one of the like things that has in common particularly with uh you know you know, horror movies and, and traditional, like, psychological thrillers, kind of, again, like Alfred Hitchcock movies, not necessarily, like, slasher movies, uh, but it's going for a very specific emotional response that is different from a laugh or a jump scare. You can kind of, I don't want to say trick, but you can kind of uh, design a laugh or design a jump scare, relatively simply it's 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 art none of it's easy but once you once you've got it you can you can you know get really quiet and then have someone jump out of the bushes you know you don't need a big budget for that you just need to tell yeah. a good story on halloween with all your friends when you're a kid uh but but again like it's something that's and it's so it's so ingrained in our DNA, you know, you know, fear, the unknown, mystery. And I think that's where they mesh because it's going for a very specific emotional response. In my case, it is, you know, mystery, that unknown, you know, some would call it astonishment. Some would call it, you know, whatever it is, just that some would call it freaky or spooky. Uh, but I'm going for a very specific, specific emotional uh, reaction and response. And just like a horror movie, if it doesn't get there, it's it's not it's especially not good sometimes. <laughs> so you have to be very careful about like, you know, the context. And and that's a little bit why I I think I've been drawn to places like just for example, the Maxwell, because again, people like that house does most of the work for me. You go in there and you hear uh you know, there's there's a mind reader there who's going to, you know, do some stuff and maybe do something involving the ghosts there. You're, there's already so much buy-in. Like, if that house doesn't make you want to come see me, there's nothing I can say that's going right. to make you want to come see me. And uh, I think that's the reason why I have such a such a long... This last time I was there, 
Uh, I had the longest wait time I had ever had for someone to get into to see my my shows because the way it works there is I'm in the cognac parlor, which is where they have the big red uh, circular mm-hmm. couch and where the screen sometimes drops down. And I get a red velvet rope and I can do a show in there for a small number of people. I think the limit I've had in there is like 10. And so, and usually people would just come up and I'd open the velvet rope and they'd sit down with me for 15 minutes and I'd do the show. And this last time I arrived and I already had four groups waiting. So I had my first hour pretty, pretty locked in. And that was, you know, that was, and don't get me wrong, like that was great and wonderful and, uh, it was a good it was a good problem to kind of navigate and i got to everyone and it's and also it's one of those things too where uh i used to uh just kind of wander around the mansion and we we stopped doing that after uh after the pandemic uh started things started opening up after the lockdown um and when things started opening back up it was like well you know you don't really want a stranger walking up to you out of nowhere, anywhere right now. Uh, so I think we, you know, me and the former owner, we talked about it. And we were like, oh, what if I just kind of set up in this room and people came in? That's the way we've been doing it for the last year and a half, two years now. And it's it works extremely well because I get to have a little bit more control of what we what we talk about, what we do, what we can cover and again it's and when you've got a place like that that has so much history tied into it you can't help but uh but feel like wait was there something out of the corner of my eye just there wait was was that a person or uh it it it, it does so much of so much of that psychological work for me that said i also love again just coming into someone's home and being a fun uh, you know, kind of surprise guest for their for their guests, for their friends and family, and just doing a, a private show in their home. And that that's the other great thing about mind reading is I can do it anywhere. I can, you know, I've done it. Uh, I actually did it on a on a plane once, uh, flying somewhere. Uh, it was uh, I did some stuff for for some of the cabin crew, and that was really fun. Uh, I've oh, done right. it when uh, when I was younger uh, in my early twenties. I did uh, some mind reading. Uh, just while swimming in the ocean during spring break, we started talking with some people, my friends and I, and they're like, what do you do? So I did something for them right there, shirtless in the ocean. Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't have to go, wait, I have to swim back to the, to the beach to get, uh, to get my, my coins or a deck of cards for a magic trick. No, it's just mind reading. I could just do something for them right there. And that's, that's also fun. And again, like it's a good uh, exercise, I guess, because if I can give someone that feeling on a bright sunny day in the Gulf of Mexico, then again, when I get to someplace like a spooky historical house, then my job's going to be much easier. Yeah, well, so you have to tell the Pentagon story just because that's on your okay, website. So yeah, I'm not giving yeah. anything so, away. So I've yeah, I've told this story a lot, um, but but I love telling it. Uh, so I I've been on a 95 Will Rock Radio. A ton. It's a if if anyone. I mean, this is a Lake Geneva podcast, so pretty much everyone listening uh, knows about ninety five Will Rock. They broadcast from Milwaukee all the way to Chicago, and I've done events with them, and and they're great. I love I love going on on there. Uh, the hosts have been uh, really really kind over the years, and have been really good at uh, helping helping me. Helping me not only career-wise, but also radio-wise. I I did my own radio show on their AM station for a few years, and they're all wonderful. I love them. 
So I unlocked uh, the former host's iPhone once on a dare uh, on the air. They were like, just think, you know, guess her passcode. And I had her think of each digit and I unlocked her phone. And I'd done stuff like this before with like times, you know, think of a time, you know, and you're thinking of actually the time right now is 123. It just changed to 124. Uh, But uh, uh, yeah, so I, I would do that so I could get numbers. The downside with that is I might get them out of order. So like, just for example, let's say I, you know, you, you're thinking of 124 and I got 142. You're going to be like, oh, that's close. You just got the last two digits reversed. What's hard about that with pin codes is you can get the right numbers, but if you get them out of order, that phone doesn't open. Uh, so it's kind of a horseshoes and hand grenade scenario where it, that phone either opens or it doesn't. Uh, usually if I'm close, one of the secrets to my line of work is if I'm just like close, it's fine. But, um, with something like that, the phone either opens or it doesn't. So it's, it became something that I did a lot, but I, I ended up semi-retiring it just cause it was really, uh, stressful and also more difficult to do. And also I, I'll be honest, post pandemic i don't really want to be touching people's grimy phones yeah. anymore so you know if you know maybe one day i'll do it again but but who knows um it's not part of my current regular repertoire but at the time this kind of went viral everywhere i went people were like oh you're the iphone guy and they would just hand me their phone and challenge me to guess their codes and i would do it so they uh you know this this went on for a good year or so and next time i went on the radio show they replayed the clip and they got a phone call from an area code that uh, wasn't local, but underneath it said Washington, D.C. So the host answers it. And the voice on the phone says, hi, I'm Susan. I'm calling from the Pentagon. Can I chat with the mind reader? <laughs> now, first thing I'm thinking, this is 95 Willrock. This is morning radio. This is a prank. You know, yeah. this, come on. This is a prank. But they're like, no, it's a Washington, D.C. area code. And almost immediately, before I could even say anything, they had already Googled the phone number. And sure enough, it was a landline for uh, an office at the Pentagon. So it was legit. Uh, She said she worked in a cubicle. She was from the Midwest. And she streams uh, Will Rock on her computer at work. So that's why, because we were making the joke like, oh, are you listening to all of our conversations? Ha, ha, ha. Exactly. Yeah, so... So she's like, well, you can guess people's iPhone codes. Do you need to be in the same room with someone in order to do that? And I said, quick background too. This is when the FBI and Apple were in the news every single day about whether or not they should unlock a terrorist cell's iPhone. So I knew this was... You know, you know, there's there's a time to to joke and play around and don't right now. Like don't right. To, no, no this is right serious now. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't there's there's no there's no maybe or mystery when the FBI is involved, and that's what I work in. So it's like be very clear. And I was like, yeah, kinda. I need to work with the person. I need to talk with them. Uh, like we can do something really simple. Uh, could you just uh, think of a card? And I had done this many times. Uh, the closing of my show for a long time uh, was where someone would just call someone on the phone and I would read their mind. I would tell them what card or number they were thinking of. 
that's also a secret as to why I was able to start doing a virtual show so quickly. Cause I had years worth when I was a teenager, I did street performing at six flags, great America. And again, thousands of times I'd have them call a friend on a cell phone and I would read their mind over the phone. So I had a lot of experience with it. Uh, just quick little, little side notion there. So I, I'm about to go into this, uh, this test that I've done many, many times. She thought of a card. I pulled one card out of the deck under the table, put it face down on the table and said, Susan, would you agree you're in the most secure building on the planet? She said, oh, definitely. We just added a new layer of security. I said, great. Well, this card exists only in your mind, which is the most secure place in the universe. Susan, my card's face down on the table. I can't change it. Tell us what the card is. She said two of diamonds. The host turned over the card on the table, and it was the two of diamonds. And the rest of the day... The hosts on the radio kept going, oh my God, Joe Diamond hacked the Pentagon. Joe Diamond hacked the <laughs> Pentagon. Joe Diamond just used his brain and hacked the Pentagon. And I'm just thinking there's going to be white vans waiting for me. Exactly. Never you know? to be seen again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, full disclosure, I don't remember leaving the radio station that day. Uh, whether that was I was just in, in a daze from that happening or something happened, I, I can't, I'm not one to say. Uh, see, it's all over. It's been five years and nothing has happened, so I can go back to being uh, vague and mysterious about it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but here's here's the kicker to this story, which I still don't have a full explanation for. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, I hosted a uh, show on their AM station, AM 1050 WLIP out of Kenosha, and it was a paranormal show. I talked to ghosts or ghost hunters, UFO experts. I didn't talk to ghosts on the show, sorry. Um, people <laughs> talked to other people who talked to ghosts. Yeah. I had on sword swallowers, a whole bunch of people. And I, I would always pull the audio from my shows. So I knew this was on a Friday. I was like, oh, on Sunday when I come in, I'm going to pull the audio from this show because this is going to be amazing audio to have, right? To have this, you know, me hacking the Pentagon. This is going to be great. I've got the footage forever. I'll come in with my thumb drive on Sunday and, and get it. And when I came in on Sunday, I came in early, went into the uh, computer, went into the archives, clicked on the, you know, the station, clicked on that morning, went to that time slot. And those two hours were missing from the archives. Oh. I've asked That's... people. I'm, I'm very close with people at the station. Uh, they, several of them said, yeah, there was a glitch that day and we lost that footage, but they don't know why. Like that's that's the most I've gotten from everyone there. Um, so unfortunately, there's no uh, no no recorded footage of it. That said, it was on live radio, and thousands of people did hear it live. So I have thousands of witnesses, and I still do this in my shows because sh when I have someone call someone, so I can still do it. But but yeah, that was definitely. Uh, D definitely yeah, it's bizarre because it's probably hasn't happened before and hasn't happened since, right? Where things yeah, oh, are missing oh, oh, like oh, that. Oh yeah, I can't. I, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen again. I mean, yeah. if, if the Pentagon comes <laughs> gives me a call twice, your, your phone starts ringing now, Karen. Like then I'm gonna be worried. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. You know, like <laughs> I won't I, give you up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, I've told the story for years and haven't. You know, I've I've. I mean, again, I've. I have friends who are lawyers like, yeah, it happened as long as you, you know, t tell it, tell it as best you can as to how it happened. Yeah. There's, 
there's nothing that can happen. So you had a lot of um, witnesses. So who, who knows? That's who knows the, if that woman got brought in for a, for a meeting? I don't know. Right, um, right. Her name was not Susan, by the way. I did change the name just to just to be extra protect the innocent. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So so that. But I mean, <laughs> I have gotten people in trouble. So real quick, here's another uh, kind of funny story that has never happened before and will never happen again. In my live shows, I do spoon bending. Uh, Uri Geller himself was a guest on one of my shows, and he had seen clips of me bending spoons on live TV, and he said that I bent spoons better than him, which was, like, crazy, because he was one of my childhood heroes growing up. So in my shows, people get spoons that have been broken and bent, and one even corkscrews in someone's hand. And one of my friends came to one of my shows, and she hadn't seen it before, so I made sure I bent a spoon for her. The spoon broke in her hands. She was amazed. She loved it, and she kept it with her. Uh, for a long, long time. About a, m- a month later, uh, she calls me up and she says, you almost cost me a lot right now. I was like, why? She said, I went to uh, donate blood this morning. Because again, she's a good person. She's a very good person. She donated blood. But it took them a couple times to, to go in because that happens when you draw blood, fine. But then she had to go to court uh her and her ex-husband they they were they they weren't they had to renegotiate uh their um uh custody there's nothing bad they just everything need to make sure everything good yep okay fine move on it was one of those kind of kind of things so she goes to the courthouse she puts her purse on the uh conveyor belt and it beeps and the cops take out a melted and broken spoon and they see these attempted needle track marks in her arm from giving blood earlier. Oh, gosh. And she goes, no, no, it's okay. My psychic paranormal friend melted and bent that spoon with his mind. (laughs) And she got taken away somewhere? (laughs) Uh, Her lawyer had to pull up the clip of me bending spoons on WGN to show them that she was not crazy and not Oh, wow. That's (laughs) neat that she could prove it, though. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, there was proof of it. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I was like, sorry. (laughs) Right, right. That's so fun. Well, there, and I mean, on your website, there are some other videos that will blow people's Mm -hmm. mind, give a little sampling, like the one of the girls sitting on the stage blindfolded, and then you're tapping different parts of her, like through her phone. That, that was bizarre. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And and she felt where you were tapping, even though you weren't actually tapping her, you were apart from her tapping. Yeah. Yeah. That's something else I do a lot of different ways. Um, Yeah. There's, there's clips of me driving a car blindfolded in Woodstock, Illinois. There's, there's, there's a lot of questionable videos of me doing questionable things on the internet. Um, And everyone's like, yay, he's an entertainer. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's, and I love the idea of doing this for, um, corporate you know thing. I, I mean just just mm-hmm. what fun and what a neat oh, yeah. thing and just a yeah. different way to kind of open up your mind I mean people yes. probably come to you at total you I'm sure you see the skeptics like what's this guy all about you know and oh, they sure. probably all leave like whoa how did you yeah, do that well, because there is no way to explain what you do or how you do yeah it. and that's that's part of it. I mean if like whenever people try to say up front oh they're a skeptic and it's like well, if they're not, then this isn't going to be a very good show. There's nowhere to go, you know, <laughs> yeah, like right. you know, there's 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 no there's no good. And again, going back to Twilight Zone episodes, like how, 
you know, they never start off as believing in like time travel or the paranormal. It's always someone skeptical. It starts with at the beginning of that story. Um, I it's probably the fun part is kind of winning them the over. Fun part. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I think, I think people are using the word skeptical incorrectly. I think what they really mean is they're saying, oh, he's cynical. Mm-hmm. Skeptic actually means someone who's looked into the paranormal and decided it's all in our minds or it's a physical explanation rather than a non-physical explanation. And I know when someone says that, they haven't done as much research into the stuff that I have. Like, I I, yeah. I know that. Because then I would either know them or they would be doing my job. Yeah. So I... I try to approach it from that standpoint. But again, my, my ace in the hole is I've done this more. Um, and, and there is a bit of a, a bit of a challenge a little bit too. I don't want, I try, I really try not to make it a, uh, you know, a me versus them kind of thing. It's, it's not, I need minds to read. I often tell people, you know, you're the real stars of the show. Cause this is really boring if I'm just here reading my own mind. And that and that's 100 percent true. My mentor always said, send people back a hero. And that's what I do with corporate and uh, and virtual with corporate. It's it's really great, too, because I get to include more themes like, you know, paying attention to one another. Nothing is impossible. And I, I really like driving it home. I get to be a little bit more explicit in in corporate situations because I'll usually say, uh, you know, people always ask me how I do this stuff and we could be here uh for hours breaking it all down, but that's ultimately not the more fascinating question. The more fascinating question is why I do this stuff. The one reason is because, and I point to the person who booked me or the CEO, it's because, you know, Mr. You know, Proctor and Mr. Gamble brought me here for the Proctor and Gamble event uh, for entertainment, but also uh, to remind you that, you know, nothing is impossible. You know, the moment you decide something is impossible, you've just made it impossible for yourself. But if you just refuse to do that, I believe there's nothing you can't accomplish. And that's what this, uh, what what my show, I think, kind of proves. Because I was not, I was a shy kid growing up. I had a, I still have, ironically, a very bad memory. Uh, I, I trip over my words. I had a speech impediment growing up. I couldn't say my R's. So if I can stand on stage doing, you know, and just speak and just like not hide behind my mom's leg while walking up to see Santa Claus, I can just stand on stage and talk and you know what the heck I'm saying. That already, you know, is, and people don't get to hear all that, but that already isn't, you know, for me, a big step forward, the amazing part and, and was an impossible thing for me. So if I, on top of all that, I can do something that, that, seems impossible or at the very least seems highly unlikely and we were here for a a a special moment um and especially in this day and age uh my wife said (laughs) said (laughs) i quote her on this a lot she was like i don't need to be astonished we live in astonishing times every day i look at the news and i'm astonished if i see a show i just want to forget i live in astonishing times for a few moments for a few moments. <laughs> and so, and I think that's it. You know, I really want to connect with people. I want to give them a mystery. I hope they experience something close to astonishment in that regard. But at the same time, you know, if we can just connect as human beings and laugh and, 
you know, and, and people will think of just the funniest and strangest things too. It keeps me on my toes. I'm just as excited uh, with, you know, some of the things people think of or pick up on or, or say as, uh, as the next person. There's always something in a show that has never happened before and will never happen again. Um, and well, that's why I'm, I'm yeah. looking so forward to seeing you again. It's like, I loved the show I was at, but I'm like, Oh, I want more. I want more. You know, thank it just it felt thank like you. it was well, five minutes long because it was it oh, just went by you. so fast, it's, but it, it is, a, it is, it is almost exactly 60 minutes. Uh, it is, yeah. it is six, the, it was like a 61 minute show. The, the full and it show didn't feel long enough for um, sure. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing to do that over zoom when everyone claims they have zoom fatigue. I also take, uh, take, uh, quite pride in because yeah it's you're starting from below zero in some cases with some people uh, the other thing too that's fun with zoom too is like you know on one screen you know uh like you were watching uh uh with uh, with your husband i believe and yeah. some people watch with their whole family so sometimes it's like eight people on one screen so yeah. like that that's the other fun part of it too um yeah and, yeah and, and we had some kind of neat thing back. happen yeah, but people do come back, so that's part of the reason why I also have five different one-hour shows. Like, you can see me on Zoom, you can see me at the Maxwell, you can come down to Crystal Lake and see one of my shows at the Dole Mansion, and come see me at a corporate party or house party and see completely different shows. It is mind-reading, it is, you know, in that mystery performance uh you know, umbrella, but there are, you know, there's some there's still some surprises, there's still uh, things I only do in certain situations. Like there's one thing I only ever do at the Maxwell. Uh, there's some stuff I save only for when I come into people's homes. So I, and I think that's the other thing too. I'm not trying to make, when I come into someone's home for like a house party or uh, I, I do a lot of, um, very often in the summer, I've done a lot of shows in people's, you know, backyards or on their patios, like right before it gets dark. And, you know, trying to create that same atmosphere and using the same material that I would use, you know, again, at midnight at the Maxwell Mansion, I think would be an even harder challenge. But also I wouldn't want that. I want people to see the best possible, have the best possible experience in that uh, exact place. And so, and I think that's the other reason why I have so many people coming back because, you know, you do get a very different experience on Zoom than you get at a corporate event or at the Maxwell or at a house party. So before we get to end with the card, the yes. cards, can you um, tell people how they can find you? Uh, yes. Uh, JoeDiamondLive.com uh, is my website. Uh, also America's Greatest Mind Reader. Uh, my dates for the Maxwell, um, we... Uh, we are locked in for me to be there at least once a month for uh, all of 2022 and the uh, dates up until the summer are there. Um, this isn't up, but uh, but I'm going to give you uh, a, a little bit of of breaking news here, uh, Karen, on right here on your podcast. Ooh, uh, former guest it. of the show, uh, Tristan Christ. Uh uh, he does the Tristan Chris Magic Theater in town. Uh, he uh, he and I are really good friends, and I've been his guest performer for the last few years. And last night we locked in some dates for me to do my one-hour solo show uh, in his theater. Oh, um, great. The dates will literally be going up uh, within 
within days at uh, at their website, LakeGenevaMagic.com. I'll I'll send you the link, of course, when when I get it, and I'll go up at uh, JoeDiamondLive.com as well. Um, but it's it's not well, that's not exciting. A, it's very exciting. I'm I'm thrilled. That's a beautiful stage, and I've loved being able to come out there and and do like a quick 15 minute set. Uh, for the last few years, but I'm I'm real excited to be doing uh, the full show there. Uh, and, oh, that's uh, and, great! Yes, and, and again, if people haven't been there to see Tristan too. Uh, oh, great yeah, show yeah. as well. Be- beautiful theater, beautiful show. One other uh, little fun fact: so his uh, his fiance and an assistant, uh, Shannon. Uh, her and I have known each other since we were two. My mom was her daycare provider. Oh, her and her <laughs> sister. So we've literally known each other our whole lives. And it's hilarious that because like we did like a we grew up down in Wonder Lake. So we did like a little like family magic show when we were all little kids. And like this, uh, you know, last night we just uh, we were talking about this. Like literally last night we locked in the dates. Uh, But like her and I just laughed like, man, that thing we played around with as kids we do as a living now, and it's not even that far from where we grew up. We didn't have to go to Vegas or, you know, Branson, Missouri. We got to do it right here where we grew up, and it's that's pretty special. That's so um, neat. So, so yeah, neat. so the the show will be called America's Greatest Mind Reader. It'll have mind reading. I'll be doing spoon bending. Um, something else I'll, I'll be doing in it. Uh, I am going to be doing a version of Russian Roulette with staple guns. There will okay. be four staple guns on stage. Three will be loaded. One will not be. And an audience member is going to decide which one of them is stapled into my hand. And I'm going to use all the good luck charms and every psychological technique I know to make sure that it's the safe one. Uh, oh, so that'll gosh. be fun. You won't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That sounds intriguing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So that will be that will be going up very soon. Keep an eye out on their website and my website for uh, for when the for when the dates uh, go up. Because uh, yeah, well, and they've great. got so- and again their their show as well is is fantastic. They they actually uh, added something new towards the end of the show that, and again we're we're all in this you know, in the same industry. So we, we all have like basic ideas of stuff, but I had no idea how they did this new thing. They just added into the show that happens right before uh, their grand finale. And it caught me completely by surprise. Uh, I don't want to give it away. Uh, Cause it's, it's that good. You'll just have to go and see it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, so check them right. out. Uh, you'll, you'll see their full schedule and you'll see uh, Joe Diamond, America's greatest mind reader on there again in, in a, in a very short time. It's coming up uh, in, in a matter of the show's coming up in a matter of months. And we're literally like only a couple days out from those uh, tickets going on sale. So um, wonderful. Oh, yeah. Well, let's end with yes. this card. Um, yes. Card effect. I hate using uh, the word trick because it's, really yeah, important. yeah. It's, um, no. uh, it's, I mean, I don't, my so there's some people in my industry that that hate the word trick um i don't mind it uh really i mean very often you just don't know what else to call it uh yeah. i i call them like for my show i call them pieces because there's for lack of a better word the trick the stunt the ability the bending the spoon the guessing the pin code the reading the mind whatever that is you know that effect and then there's the premise or presentation uh, or script of it. 
And then there's the context. Is this happening in someone's home? Is it, again, at the Maxwell? Is it there? So, like, when it has all those things together, uh, I prefer to call I prefer to call it a piece. And that's just, uh, just for my own artistic endeavor so I know when something is done. If I, if I have just something that's, you know, a cool stunt or a cool trick, like, that's cool. But, you know, it doesn't fit in any of my shows because I don't have those other two things uh, worked out. Uh, one one thing, for example, uh, real quick, uh, and again, this is the last call. Someone uh, for people listening, go grab ten cards. They can be playing mm-hmm. cards, Uno cards, even business cards or note cards. But the the Russian roulette with staple guns was actually inspired because my grandfather uh, had a good luck charm, a lucky pocket knife that I inherited after his passing, and he would always say that. He only injured himself once on the job. It was when he was redoing uh, the roof of a house and his hand slipped and he took a staple. He had a staple gun and he took a staple into the palm of his hand and he did what anyone would do. He pulled the staple out, cleaned the wound, dressed it, cracked open a beer and got back to work. So, uh, so I actually have his good luck charm with it. And that's what I have. I have the person in the audience hold on to that as they make the choice of which uh, which staple gun to use as a way to sort of test the good luck charm. And, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a bit, you know, without getting into too much, but I think everyone kind of instinctually knows I'm not just relying on a one in four and a good luck charm to do it. It's going to look like it. It's going to get very, very close to that. But I wouldn't do that if I wasn't able to tell this this true story about my grandfather and kind of do it as an homage to him. And I even say, like, worst case scenario, we've got a first aid kit. We'll dress the wound and I'll get back to work just like my grandpa did. I'll finish the show. So the worst case scenario, I'll end up just like my family, which is honestly the scariest <laughs> part of this. So, and again, for me and and the few times I've done it, people have uh, said, you know, oh yeah, the, the story of my grandpa and connecting it to that, that was just as much and just as important to them as if I did. If I just went out and did it, that would be a trick. But because I've incorporated this piece and it's in the middle of the show I'm, I'm designing, uh, now it's become a piece. So that's that's kind of a quick little insight to how I say this. This is a bit more of a piece, but I, I uh, present it in my uh, virtual shows as a ritual. Everyone should have their 10 cards, and everyone can start mixing their cards. Now, if someone wants to look up the Magician Tarot card from the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, either on their phones or something, uh, they'll see uh, the image. It's something that a lot of people have seen. It's actually on the box of many tarot cards. Uh, that Magician card is all about power and control over the world around us, which is something that I think all of us could go for. We could all use some more power and control in our lives. So we're going to use these 10 cards for a ritual to allow you and your audience uh, to have more control over their lives. Now... Everyone's mixing up their cards. Now, be honest, Karen. Is there anything I could know about the cards in your listeners' hands? No. No, I don't know what cards they have. They could have playing cards, Uno cards, tarot cards, baseball cards. I do know one thing, though. I know that there's 10 of them because I asked for 10. So everyone listening, follow along with this. You've got your 10 cards. Get rid of some cards. Now, don't get rid of just one. Get rid of at least two. Make it a little harder on me. But at the same time, don't get rid of too many. Make sure you have at least four cards left in your hand to work with so it'll still be impressive. Uh, But again, you don't even have to, if you're doing this with other people, you don't even have to say how many cards you're getting rid of. Just set them aside. 
You can shuffle the cards in your hand once more if you want. When you're done, hold them in your hand as if you're about to deal cards uh, for a card game. Then take your other hand, pick up the whole packet, look at the bottom card, and remember it. Seriously, don't forget it. You can write it down. You can take a picture of it. If you've just got business cards or note cards, pick up a pen and draw an X on that bottom card. Uh, so that way you know it's that one. Once you've got a record of that card, hold them face down uh, in your hand as if you're going to deal again uh, with your card still on the bottom. And now we're going to cast a spell. We're going to spell the word magician, just like at the bottom of the tarot card. So take the top card, move it to the bottom of your packet, and say M. That's the first letter of the word magician. Do it again. Take the new top card, move it to the bottom, and say A. And keep going along with me, moving one card for every letter. That is G, I, C, I, A, N. You should be done now. There's one more step we need to do before we complete the ritual. The magician card has one hand pointed towards the heaven, one hand pointed towards the earth. That's because they're saying, as above, so below. The designer of the card, Pamela Coleman-Smith, actually got that from the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven. So take the top card, deal it to the table, and say, as above. And now take the new top card and move it to the bottom, and in your deepest mystical voice, say, so below. And do it again, as above, dealing one card to the table from the top, then move the new top card to the bottom and say, so below. And keep doing that till you're down to one card, don't look at it. It's bad luck. When you're down to one card, just hold it between your hands, and then you will finish by saying the most profound magic words you will ever say. Not abracadabra. That's a good one. It's a combination of Hebrew and Aramaic. It means I create as I speak. This one's even older. Uh, my uh, mentor taught it to me. Everyone repeat after me. Say this out loud. I give myself permission to be powerful. It's weird to say in 2022, isn't it? <laughs> After mm -hmm. the last few years. That means it's working. Everyone take a look. You should now be holding your card in your hands. You can now go forth and use that to accomplish the impossible in your life. And if you come see me live or come see the virtual show, it's going to get even weirder than that. I wish we could hear all the oohs and ahs out there, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But they're exactly. happening. That's the fun part of the virtual show, too. I actually get to hear them. Um, so, so that's right. fun, too. Uh, but yeah, but uh, but again, like uh, that's that's part of the fun of it is that I can do this in, in so many different ways. And uh, again, that that is something. Well, that's we, my we do. second time doing it, and it worked worked yep, twice. It still so. works, and it will and it will work. Uh, it will work for all the listeners too. So uh, incredible. We'll, uh, and if they and if they come and see me live or with the virtual show, uh, we'll do some stuff live in it, live and in person in in real time as well. So uh, well, I can't them. thank you enough. For thank you so being much here. for having I, me. Thank I have you. to say, this is like the easiest interview I've ever done because I have my oh. three pages of notes and questions and outlines, and I barely had to ask one because you somehow knew what, I mean, you, you answered every single thing I was going yes. to ask you. Yes. I, that, that was <laughs> so part of the I barely plan. even had to that ask part anything. part of the plan. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. We so appreciate thank, you taking the time. Thank you so much, Karen. And Everybody needs to see Joe and I will be back to see you again. Looking forward um, to seeing you again. 
Thank you. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva and the wonderful people who help make it so special. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now. I feel all right, like the morning.